we can't find a church today. Yeah. Yes, that's what we hear. Most of my solid Christian friends across America can't find a church. Yeah. So I put them on to you, and now you're their pastor. Well, I met some last night in, in the meeting uh, that you hosted. So, in, so explain all the ways they can see you. Right, well, there's right. all kinds of ways, and it's actually so many that the best thing to do, you can find out every direction, every path of learning, discipleship, uh, material, study materials, is simply jackhibbs.com. If you go to jackhibbs.com, it will take you to real-life broadcast, real-life radio, podcasting. Uh, there are Bible study methods that we've put down there. There's there's uh, special events, prophecy conferences, things like that. jackhibbs.com, that's simple. And, and uh, uh, Newsmax on Sunday mornings? Yeah, Newsmax, amazing. Every Sunday morning, uh, we're on Newsmax. And to their credit, uh, the segment is uh, New York Time. Uh, that, uh, well, this has been the news of this week. So, Pastor Jack, what? how does somebody approach this news from a biblical worldview? And they give me five minutes every Sunday morning? At 6.30 Pacific time? Oh, boy. Honestly, I don't know. Um, I it's, I don't know. Isn't yeah, that terrible? Okay. Right. I just don't okay. know. Okay, all right. You're Daystar now? We're on Daystar. Um, that's been going crazy, and Daystar took it upon themselves, which blew our minds. Daystar has taken our television broadcasting, and they have dubbed it in Spanish. Oh, my goodness. And so they sent us oh, a sample, goodness. and I got to tell you, I didn't know I, speak, I spoke Spanish so well. <laughs> and... It has exploded uh, in uh, Mexico, Central, and South America. It has absolutely exploded, and we just heard reports that that broadcast is even working in the areas of Spain and Portugal. So it's been crazy. Uh, you're, you're speaking to we on the last segment we got into area. I want to really go into a bit. Um, there's this gift of discernment, okay, and. It's always been there, and it's always been important. Mm. But with what's going on in the church today, yep. we need discernment. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could talk to that. I yeah. mean, it's, it's just been a, it's such a division between yeah. the wheat and the chaff of what's going on after after well, COVID and, and all this. Once you talk about that a little bit, then I'm going to come back okay. and add, add to it. I think you just hit the nail on the head. Um, I know that this may sound radical for a lot of people, <clears> but please hear me out on this. I don't believe that God... Uh, sent COVID to the world. I think that's a satanic thing in this world, but God uses things. And God used COVID. For example, all of us can agree that God shook the church using COVID. He utilized this. What happened? There are uh, pastors and preachers and ministries that produced books and conferences on courage. Don't be afraid. You know, come to the fearless conference. And those guys folded up. I mean, they just folded up their tent and went home. And what happened was that, and I, I'm sure that they meant it in a good spirit, but I do know this, God was speaking. God was at least saying to one bozo right here, Jack, you don't have the authority to close the doors of my church. Behold, yeah. I've set before you an open door. And I believe that God spoke that to every pastor in the world. And so um, today... We live in a world right now where I think we're going through at least the second phase Can we of shaking. Can go back for a minute because yeah. everybody closed their churches, okay? And God spoke to you. Yeah. And said what? Well, on May 31st, open up the church and... Um, Two years ago. Yeah. And we, I just felt compelled to invite every, every church in California to open up. 
We were delighted to find out that not every church in California opened up, but 1,200 of 1200 them did. 1,200 did. And you wrote... Governor Newsom. We sent Newsom. It was even fantastic. We not only sent him a letter. We sent him a. Um, we sent them. I sent him a personal video saying to him, with all due respect, because I, I don't like the man, but I respect the office. With all due respect, uh, this is the church. It, it's not. It's not relegated to what is uh, essential or non-essential. The church is transcendent, and it's time that we must obey God rather than man. We, we mean no disrespect, but more than ever in this pandemic, people are hurting, and this is where the church shines the most. And historically, that's what happened in, in, with Luther, Martin Luther in the, in the uh, bubonic plague, the, the black plague. It's what happened with Charles Spurgeon in England with the cholera plague. The church came up and helped the local entities. That lo and behold, the state of California was not warm toward us. But guess what happened, Barry? You know this. That our local government and our county government loved us for being open. We helped the local governments so incredibly much that it won us incredible favor. And listen, we baptized 3,014 people uh, in, on three Saturdays. We had to have three Saturdays. We baptized basically a thousand people per Saturday who were coming to Christ. They were coming to church. They were hearing the gospel and they found out, I don't have to be afraid. Jesus has got my back. He's got my soul. He's got my life. And um, the, the trajectory since then has been nothing but, but just stellar. Because why? The, we're not doing anything special. We're doing the same old thing. What is it? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they'll follow me. So how do we give them his yeah. voice? That's the question every pastor needs to ask himself or church leadership right now. How are we giving Jesus's voice to the flock? And so it's the Bible. So when you give the Bible, Jesus's people respond. It's not the pastor, it's not his tennis shoes, or it's not his black shirt. It's the Bible. That's the secret sauce. The Bible to the heart of the people and uh, listen, Barry, what, Pastor, we're middlemen. We're just middlemen connecting people to God and let him do the rest. I got to tell you a funny story, Jack, and then I'm going to get to the heart of what I really want to capture here. Um, so in the middle of all this, Jack comes to church every Sunday expecting, at least halfway expecting, to go to jail that day. So staff, everybody's all ready They're for They're all this, ready right? for the next pastor to step so in. So one Sunday morning we get there, and, and he comes out, and he says, hey, I have great news for you. We, have, we actually have officers today from the state, local, and federal government. All three are here. So if you see them around, would you hug on them and welcome them, make them feel welcomed here? And, uh, oh, and by the way, I just want to say to you, um, it's, a, it, it's a felony in the state of California to interrupt church service. And, um, and we have a great legal team, and, and we will prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. But, but hey, we're going to come to jail and minister to you and, and, and share the love of Jesus with you. Then he goes and starts his sermon. He says, oh, wait a minute. I forgot to tell you, everybody. If you're a first-timer, please don't leave the campus before you go over to the... Um, Recall, uh, recall, recall Gavin Newsom. Recall Gavin Newsom booth. Make sure you sign the, the initiative. Yep. <laughs> so, so, and it's true. And so people think, pastors think, and I want to challenge you. Where did you get this thinking from? Somebody might say, <clears throat> wait a minute. Uh, we heard that you guys do voter registration at your church. Yes, 52 weeks a year. How can you guys do that without being arrested? Because it's legal. It's literally legal for a church to have voter registration. 
Not only that, but it's actually legal for pastors to actually inform their churches about bad laws and propositions and assembly bills, for example. It's legal. Yeah. It's literally legal. Okay, we're running out of time. Yeah. But I do want to just ask you, encourage you to say one more thing. What do you say to pastors say, wait a minute, I don't get involved in political things. What would you say to that pastor? And most pastors are in that. Yeah, honestly, because I've spoken to uh, people <clears throat> who have left your church, uh, they don't respect you for this reason. Uh, you preach one thing, but you live another. And here it is. Notice that the two most hotly contest contested issues of life is religion and politics. And if Satan can convince you, don't talk about religion or politics, then he's got you. Show me in the Bible, anywhere in the Bible, where any actor in the Bible, any participant, uh, separated the two. Jesus didn't. David didn't. Isaiah didn't. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Micah, none of them. Paul, listen, Paul the Apostle, he's, he's being judged at Caesarea and what, what does he do? He uses his political position as a Roman citizen and he appeals to go to Rome. That was a political act. So here's the deal. Part of the reason is we don't know our American history. God has given us a constitutional republic. Pastors should be the beacon of truth in every community in America. Pastors should be leading the way. In a way, in a sense, the community should tremble if it thinks about doing evil knowing that there's a church that is a beacon on a hill, a light, as it were, in shining armor. Because that's who we really are. And if, if the Lord, if we live the rest of our days like this, so be it. If we get raptured now, or if I drop dead, so be it. I will have done the right thing. And where else, for us, there are lay people, okay? where else can we go? Tell mm. me one other place we can go to hear truth, yeah. to hear a biblical wow. perspective and how we should vote. And it's our responsibility, and Jeremiah makes that pretty clear. Very clear, very clear. <laughs> that that uh, if, we, if it goes well in our government, we take care of our government, be, be peace in, among the people. That's true. So um, that's, that's such an important point. Now, the real point I want to talk about right now, <laughs> this thing of discernment. Yes. Okay? Yeah. It's so critically important today. Yeah. And uh, there are great men in my life uh, who have gone off into false doctrine. I mean, mm. just false doctrine, wokeness, whatever you want to call it. I can't believe it. The very things they spoke, they, 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 mm. they preached strongly about, they're now endorsing and preaching strongly in their defense. Right. I have past churches. I have a denomination. I have a Christian college that I won't walk back on its campus anymore because right. of that. What's happened? I mean, how is that? You know, they'll depart from the truth, and I read the scriptures. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's one of the promised. one of the one of the signs of the. You, and he preached right. a great sermon a while back. We all hear the thing of the signs of the times. And he, you preach a sermon. These are the times. Yeah, these are the times. These are the times of the signs. Of the signs. When we're seeing these signs, then you look up and rejoice. Yeah. So, and this is this is one of the signs. Yeah, it really is. In Matthew 13, <clears throat> Jesus talked about you. You guys know it with the the famous parable of the sower and the seed. And one of those, uh, it's very haunting because he says, after a while, is, he says, these are they who believe for a while, but in time, over time, they go back into the world. Now that's terrifying because it implies, compared to the other uh, grounds or soils that receive the word, that at some point in that person's life history, there's going to be an event or there's going to be an age 
where they actually give up. Now, here's the interesting thing, Barry. When Jesus says that these are they who believe for a while but go back into the world, they never lost their salvation because they never had it. They believed. When their belief was tested, it folded. Why? Because their belief, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I go to church. Oh, I read my Bible. Or I'm a pastor. When it's tested, it's only found out to be a belief and not a faith. Listen, we must make sure that our belief, we have to discern this about our own selves. Do we claim to be a believer? If you do, my question to you is, explain that to me. What does it mean to be born again? Jesus said you must. What does it mean when you talk about the authority of God's scripture? What does it mean that Jesus rose again from the dead? How did that happen? Who did this? If you can't explain that, then you're only a believer, but you don't have faith. Look, I believe in George Washington, but I don't have faith in George Washington. You see the difference? I can talk about God all day long, but until my belief system is put into practice or tested, then faith in the fiery furnace comes forth. That's what's got to happen. Karen and I look at these ones that we've loved, we've respected. I know, me too. And, And we look at ourselves... Poke our eyes out, yank our arms out, do anything. We're not giving up our faith. There's nothing we can get. How, how can, how, how, what, there's a difference between where they were and where we, they weren't the same place with us, and you're explaining that. Exactly. These days are testing people, and and there's, there's greater tests coming. And so does the Bible that you preach or does the Bible that you read really govern your actions of your life? Are you discerning? The times in which you live in in such a way that you're going to decide to do this. Listen, you're going to decide to do this. And if you decide to do this, which is biblically, you're going to, you're going to decide to do exactly what Jesus did on this situation. Or to say what the Bible teaches on this situation. <clears throat> Knowing that if I hold this position, my family's going to disown me. I could get fired from my job if they find out I believe this. We're living in those days right now. Yeah. We are literally living in the times where you've always wondered in America anyway, I wonder if persecution's ever going to come to America. <laughs> it's, it's, it's starting now. Yeah. And you're going to see a no whole question. lot of it increase in short order. Okay. It's, it's now. Okay. We're out of time. Yeah. I still want to talk about discernment for a minute. This is okay. a really important point to me. I've been studying it a lot lately. Um, how do you have discernment? And as, as times get tough... I know we've both been in places where there's persecuted church. They have to know who each other are. Mm-hmm. And if they trust somebody they shouldn't, they can get turned in. That yeah. may happen here someday. Yeah. But also, who do you trust? Who do you go to when, when troubles strike? Who do you go? Who do you run to for encouragement? Who are, you, who are you encouraging? Where are people? You need to know where everybody is spiritually. Discernment gives you that gift. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Karen and I have found ourselves in the last year or so, we're looking for first love Christians. Yes, that's right. First love Christians. Mm. God said to us in the the letter to the church of Ephesus, I I know you're doing all the church stuff and you're faithful, Mm -hmm. you know good teaching from me, you know all that. But you've left me as your first love. I'm no longer your first love. And you're no longer doing the first work. If, If God is your first love, you automatically tell people. If, you, if, if you're excited about Jesus, you're going to tell people about Jesus. So that's a self-test right there. If you're not telling people about Jesus, then what are you talking about? Yeah. And whatever that is, is probably your first love. But how do you discern people who have first love? 
it's interesting how quickly when you focus on it, how, I mean, in five minutes, yeah. you can discern where people are spiritually, and it's good for two reasons. One, you know you can't trust them for your own edification, but you also know the opportunity you have to edify them. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a continual process. Yeah. How do you get discernment? I found a lot about this over the last um, few months. Mm -hmm. It's just become more and more important. You can't have discernment without knowing the Word of God. That's right. You can't. You even say, don't trust me, it's the Bible. And Paul said that, Acts 17, 11. Yeah, I mean, so if you're not in a church that's preaching the Word of God, get out of the church. Yeah, you're true. just wasting. I don't care how much you love your pastor and your friends and how you've been there for generations. Get out of that run. We're not going to survive yeah. without good teaching. That's why, like, if, if you can't go anywhere else, go to jackhibbs.com. Calm. That's simple. I mean, I sit there every Sunday, and if I'm, not, I'm here in Arizona, I still listen to you. And you're, you're pounding me with understanding of the Word of God that I, I've never had before, and it's strengthened me. And you give me discernment, so I go out more, and I'm I'm more fortified to share, but I'm also more sensitive to where the the, the weaknesses are and, and how I can be of help. And and eighty percent of the people around us are lost; they're going to hell. We yeah. we have this opportunity. It's never been more fun. It's never it's been never more fun. fun. <laughs> One of our friends last night, Ken, said that uh, he saw a recent poll that in San Francisco. 4% of the population of San Francisco is churched. What, it doesn't take an Einstein to discern that San Francisco needs Jesus, yeah. okay? Yeah. Barry's exactly correct. The more you ingest the Bible, the more you will be able to discern the times and the seasons mm. in which you live. Mm. And it's true about everything. What about your marriage? What about your family? What about your kids? How are you going to know if your kids are going down the wrong path unless you are intaking, have an intake of scripture that the Holy Spirit will say to you, hey, you know what? Listen, your son is getting messed up with drugs. That thought is insane, right? It's like, no, not my son, but God will lay it on you. God will speak to you about that. And regarding a church, you, Barry, you hit the nail on the head. We're living in days where now you either decide to go to a Bible teaching church that's, that honors the Word of God and exalts the Word of God, or you're going to eventually, you're going to eventually have to do it under great, great du duress because the, the shaking is coming. And Jesus said, everything that can be shaken shall be shaken, yeah. Yeah. and only yeah. that which can remain yeah. shall remain. So you need Bible. Let nothing take the place of Bible. No, nothing and no one. You have the ability. If, if, if you don't pay much attention to Bible prophecy, it seems a little strange to you. I, 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 this is an infomercial for Jack Hibbs <laughs> right now. But you have the ability to take those scriptures that are you read by yourself. and it, what, What's that mean? You bring them so clearly to where you see exactly what's happening today and you fortify us. I just got to beg you folks, if you don't have a good church, oh, go to jackhibbs.com, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and it'll change your life. And I've been telling that people across the country the last couple of years, and there are home churches yes. all over America all now over. because once they get onto it, they say, oh my goodness, you know? Yeah, we've uh, been delighted with that. So many yeah. neighbors have it's, been inviting neighbors to come to their house really on Sundays to be in uh, church. The single most important thing we can do as Christians, what's the single most important thing we do as individual Christians? We can't change the world, but we can change our world. How do we do that? It, the, the single most important thing is that wherever you're at, whoever you are as a Christian, 
Influence those that are around you closer to Jesus Christ. Just share with them, as Barry said, winsomely move them toward the Lord Jesus Christ with thoughts of, can I pray for you? Isn't it a great day? God bless your day. Just start there. Have fun fun with it. it. Move everybody every day closer to Jesus. That's my prayer. That's Karen and I pray every morning. Everybody over the day, may we not miss anybody. If, if, If it's nothing but... Hey, have a good day. God bless you. Yeah, you kindness, do the offering love. Of the Everybody, make sure you touch them, but don't just be good. Christians think being good gets them to heaven. Yeah. Christian, being good doesn't get you to heaven or anybody else yeah, to heaven. No way. It just makes you feel good. Yeah. Okay? So Christians are really good at being good. Attach God to your goodness. Mm. If, if nothing more than just say, and, and God bless you, you know, that's a nice person, but they're a nice person because they're, I didn't know, I thought Christians were bad people. Mm. That's what you hear. That's a... That's yeah. what the, the connotations of Christians are not good. No, exactly. Yeah, the moment you Some touch somebody with kindness yes. and tip, stop being a, you go in a restaurant, they hear you talking about God, and then you stiff them oh. on the tip. I mean, you just push them away from <laughs> exactly. God. That happens all the time. Exactly. There's a million ways to do it. But anyway, live your life for God. And we may be running out of time, folks. Yeah. We don't know. I mean, the rapture could happen tomorrow, right? It could happen. Hey, I mean, I'm ready now. Once in a while, you talk, you talk it might happen during the service. I'm I mean, ready. It's the sensitivity of how many things are going on. But if he does it done, live every day for him, Amen. and you can't lose. I mean, it's just every day. Every day is an adventure. I get frustrated every day. People say, how come you and Karen, you're, you're, 80, you're in your 80s. How are you having so much fun? How many because we're always coming off one of these experiences. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> and the key. Wow, he just, you, and we know another one's around the corner. <laughs> we can't wait to see what it is. And you get there, it'll ignite your life. It really will. It's so special. And uh, you got to have a pastor feeding you. And if you don't have a pastor, go to jackhibbs.com. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you, brother. Love right, you too. Right, love right. you. See you next time.